This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, we're going to talk about the metaverse. I want to share what we imagine is possible. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. How are you feeling over there? I have felt better. I would like to lodge a formal complaint, uh, if I may. With me? With <laughs> God? No. Yeah, evolution. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Darwin, I guess. It's complete bullshit to me that we put a man on the moon, but you're <laughs> telling me that my body is up two degrees, your internal temperature goes up two degrees, and suddenly I feel like I want to just collapse into a heap and die? Well, I have two things to that, which is, did we put a man on the moon? And B, homeostasis (laughs) is the only thing I remember from middle school biology. So yeah, it does make sense to me that two degrees difference throws everything out of whack. Oh, come on. You remember at least one more thing from biology. If I say powerhouse of the cell, you say... Mitochondria! See, look at that. (laughs) All this is to say, I got my booster vaccine. I am thrilled to have gotten my booster vaccine. But whew, Miss Moderna is kicking my ass today. But we're not actually here today to talk about vaccines, though we could do that all day, every day, because everyone should get one. We're actually here to talk about... Meta. Say it. Say it. She said it. <sighs> the new Facebook rebrand and how it roped in Kaban Lam, TikTok's second biggest star, into doing SpawnCon for them? Look, I am old enough to remember the last time Facebook rebranded. Do you remember this? No. Like, from the first... No, weird... no, no. Not, not the talk okay. of the era. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, a couple years ago they were like... Facebook will now be Facebook, all caps. Facebook will now be Facebook. No, I don't remember that. (laughs) Okay, well, today we're talking about how Facebook has pivoted from Facebook to Meta. (laughs) Well, it's definitely calmer. It's not super surprising to me that Facebook has tapped Kabi, one of TikTok's just best and brightest stars, to sort of be an ambassador for the metaverse. Uh. How are they utilizing him, Rachel? In a deeply uncanny video that uh, features him in a bunch of different settings. Your home is your personal space from which you can teleport to anywhere you want. The video starts with uh, one Mark Zuckerberg talking directly to the camera like he himself is a TikTok star. And then Kabi taps two fingers to his forehead and uh, starts teleporting around the metaverse uh, to different locations. There's like a there's a cycling class. There's there's a tropical beach. The house from Parasite. <laughs> is it actually the house from Parasite? Honestly, I don't I actually don't know. Maybe it is. Also, Zuckerberg is in a fencing outfit. That's really what I focused on the most. Like, why is he fencing? Does he do this in his free time? 
This entire copy video is just like a big garbled mess of marketing terms with a famous TikToker uh, dropped in to shout hello fellow kids about as loudly as possible. But the other interesting thing is that Kavi's video hasn't been uploaded to TikTok, unsurprising, only to Instagram and Twitter, uh, two places just, you know, if you want to find teenagers, do you know where I go? Twitter.com. Instagram, maybe. It really is kind of a peak encapsulation of hustling backwards, which is managing to tap into TikTok fame and then not utilizing said TikTok fame on the platform where the teens are hanging out. Great job, Facebook meta. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> We're going to get a little bit more into Facebook as we get deeper into this episode and deeper into the metaverse. But, uh, First, we're going to talk about who exactly is Kabi and how did he amass 118 million TikTok followers in under two years, basically by never saying a word. We'll answer both of those questions and more after the break. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back, and we're here to answer all the questions you have about one Kabi Lam and how exactly he got so big on TikTok. And by so big, I mean he is the second most followed person on TikTok behind Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Ray, one of those. They're the same person. They're a cyborg. <laughs> Charlie D'Amelio is first. They're the same person. I will not be dissuaded from this opinion. <laughs> The very, very short answer to Rachel's question is that Kabi is a just master of subtle physical comedy. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to describe what exactly Kabi does in a audio format because despite the fact that he is a TikTok star, his entire thing is visual. There's theoretically sound involved, but not really. Which is genius because that means your audience is Everyone with eyeballs. So, Kabi is a Senegalese and Italian man. His first TikTok is from March 15th, 2020, which wow, is I wonder, I wonder wild. what, oh, what yeah, prompted I don't know. <laughs> this Italian guy to get TikTok in March of 2020. No, I couldn't fucking tell you. Nothing happened during that month. But what's bored wild? In the house and I'm in the house bored. I'm bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. What's wild is not that he was bored in the house. What's wild is that in a year and some change of being bored in the house, he dethroned almost every single major TikTok star except for Charlie D'Amelio Addison Ray Cyborg. The first video he posted has 
over 1 million views, which is a lot. But it wasn't until February 2021 that his videos started consistently pulling in a million plus views. His most viewed video to date has 296 million views. Why don't you tell us about it, Rachel? Again, this is I'm 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 really defanging it's the fun. joke it's here like, because I have to just describe what's happening. It's like taboo, but for TikToks. <laughs> it really is. The first video that's playing with the song is of two white TikTok stars who are doing some kind of parkour in what looks like a greenhouse slash. Parkour train station so there's a there's an open window and one of them jumps through it and the other person is like i'm just gonna go open the door and and then they can't copy then stitches this video and just goes up to a door and pulls it open with a a wide-eyed expression kind of just like you idiot here's what you should actually be doing a lot of his content centers around um, viral life hack TikTok, life hack talk, which if you're remotely familiar with, you will know uh, they're not actual life hacks. It's things like someone pouring milk onto an upside down cup. And obviously the milk is not going into the cup because it's upside down. And then, you know, the finger wags and the cup gets flipped over and it's like, oh, light bulb, incredible hack. <laughs> the best way to describe it is he has this kind of deadpan dryness to an entirely visual form of comedy. Like, he has mastered this look that, again, we're going to put a link to his TikTok in the show notes because we're really <laughs> just making the joke not funny as we try to describe it more <laughs> and more and more. Watch with caution. I told myself I was going to spend, like, 20 minutes watching a few TikToks as extra prep before recording this episode, and uh, then suddenly two hours had gone by. I mean, that's why he has millions and millions and millions of views because there's just something so fun about what he's doing even though it is so incredibly simple and a lot of it is that he's kind of the polar opposite of what most tiktokers are doing which is what i would describe as too much at any given time <laughs> he is in fact definitionally doing the least so Kavi got a profile in the New York Times uh, written by Taylor Lorenz and Jason Horowitz in June of 2021, which is, I think, a big, let's let's call that a benchmark for fame for, for an internet creator. Yeah. He's still just doing the same shtick. <laughs> Nothing has changed. I really feel like he kind of sums up the ethos of keep it simple, stupid. Absolutely. It's funny, if you look at his comment section, there's often a lot of discussion about the Addison Rays and Charlies of the world. <laughs> Two types of discussion. One, where people will be like, okay, comment a pumpkin emoji if you think Kabi is like the best on TikTok and comment another emoji if you think it's Addison and surprise, surprise, it'll be all pumpkins. But the other side of it is, is people talking and questioning about how he managed to dethrone those women or, or come close to it, you know, talking about how he's maybe bought followers, how he's, how he's fake, that sort of stuff. Which is fascinating because what he's doing actually has a very long history on the internet. We've talked a bit about the reaction video economy in our episode on 5-Minute Crafts, which I believe was in August. But the long and short of that episode is that reaction vids kind of give a second life to a lot of different content. Mostly content that's already gone 
viral. It also is kind of the bane of your uh, average YouTuber who's constantly in trouble and likes to delete their videos so that no one can see how they got in trouble because there's generally someone out there who's in a reaction <laughs> video to it. Sorry, David Dobrik. <laughs> Copy capitalizing on virality for more virality by doing only duets, by, you know, sort of leeching onto videos that are already going mega viral on TikTok is an extremely easy bit. And that's what makes him so brilliant in addition to just being funny. Like, let's be clear, this wouldn't work if he wasn't just a very funny dude. But, you know, he's putting in the least amount of effort for maximum reward, peak clout for uh, for nothing. You simply have to respect it. But there is a kind of interesting wrinkle to all of this uh, in that he's a black man who's gotten famous on one of the most notoriously racist apps around by staying silent. And that is just a fascinating encapsulation of so many different internet dynamics about what goes viral, who goes viral, how to do just enough to make people laugh, but not enough to make them mad at you, and who has to walk that line. You know who's never walked that line, though? and who's never stayed silent, and probably should. I feel like this is a transition, so I'm gonna guess Mark Zuckerberg? It is! The twain should have never met, and yet they did. And after the break, we'll be talking about why they met and what it means for all of us. More on the metaverse when we come back. wanted to take a moment to shout out any new listeners. Hello and welcome to the metaverse. Just kidding. But seriously, welcome to ICYMI. We're really glad to have you here. In case you missed it, our show comes out on Wednesdays too. So be sure to check us out twice a week. Uh, If you want to listen to last Wednesday's episode, you're in for a true treat, a dissertation on the uh, connections between social media and the Real Housewives franchise. I learned a lot. I think you will too. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back in the metaverse. Are we in the metaverse? We're definitely in the metaverse. Rachel, what, what, how would you define, what, what is the metaverse to oh, you? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> uncanny Valley? <laughs> the future? <laughs> no, it's when you go to a gay bar and you, you meet a guy who's, you know, averse. I should have known that that was going to be a pun. I don't know. Or it's like, I really hate the opera. I met a verse. Or it's the verse in a song that's about the song itself. I'm filing an HR complaint. It's so good that you have me here to explain the metaverse correctly and thoroughly. Okay. Anyway, the actual metaverse. (laughs) Because all we're going to get out of Madison is a series of puns from her vaccine-addled brain. (laughs) More seriously... Earlier this month, Zuck appeared in this hour-and-a-half-long video announcing the rebrand to Meta. Imagine you put on your glasses or headset and you're instantly in your home space. 
It has parts of your physical home recreated virtually. It has things that are only possible virtually. And it has an incredibly inspiring view of whatever you find most beautiful. In the video, Zuck hey, demonstrates everything from yeah, going to a meeting with friends to surfing, playing games, seeing a concert. He shows people how to construct their own virtual homes. I'm not gonna lie, his virtual home is quite nice, but it has this like mid-century modern fireplace in it that it's not really doing him any favors. It kind of makes him look like he's like the villain in the next Incredibles movie. I mean, there's the fireplace and then there's the fact that he wants to expand Facebook meta to the entire world as Congress is deciding whether or not to break up his entire company because it is too big. So there's a, you know, villain vibes everywhere. So besides showing us all the uh, meta novelties, what's actually going on here? Mark Zuckerberg, harbinger of doom himself, announced that the company that he started that has been renamed, which is why I'm not saying it, he, he wants to go heavy on the concept of the metaverse, to the point of rebranding the Facebook company to Meta. Yes, there is already another company named Meta, but who cares about copyright when you have vision? Meta is kind of like when Google became Alphabet a few years back. Google still exists. It's just under the umbrella of Alphabet. Facebook still exists. It's just under the umbrella of Meta. And their nice new logo, which looks like a butt, I just want to know how much money they spent on that because whatever it was, it was a waste of money. <laughs> too much. Like, just, no, exactly, too much. Importantly, like the name, Zuck didn't invent the concept of the metaverse. The term was actually coined in a 1992 sci-fi novel, and it kind of describes this space that theoretically combines our physical meat space. I hate that phrase. Augmented reality and virtual reality. The book, in case you're looking for some light reading, is uh, called Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson. And uh, would you believe that people use the metaverse as a way to escape from their dystopian reality? Wow. We don't have time to get into what that, that implies here. But importantly, as we said, Zuck didn't invent this concept. A, a shit ton of companies and products, including like Fortnite and Roblox and Animal Crossing are adding metaverse-like elements to their general purview. Per Mark, this uh, mega world is both the future of his company, the artist formerly known as Facebook, and also technology, and also, because why not go entirely heavy-handed with this, the future of the world in general? Go big or go home. I'll give him that. <laughs> it, he, I mean, he should go home. But there's a July conversation that Zuck had with tech journalist Casey Newton that we're going to play a little clip of that basically kind of explains what he thinks the metaverse is and the kind of promise of it. It's like really light shit, you know? You know, the metaverse is a vision that spans many companies, the, the whole industry. I mean, you, you can kind of think about it as successor to the, the mobile internet. And it's certainly not something that any one company is going to build, but I think a, a big part of our next chapter is going to hopefully be contributing to building that in partnership with a lot of other companies and creators and developers. But you can kind of think about the metaverse as an embodied internet. Right, where instead of I have to say I'm alarmed at how fast the phrase embodied internet has entered my vernacular and is now like leaving my mouth with ease. Like there's no no effort to get the gears in my brain to produce the phrase embodied internet, which is how I know that this is probably gonna work. Congrats, Mark. Congrats, Zuck. Hate that for him and for us. 
It's a word that gets overused, but it really does feel incredibly dystopian. It really feels like the part of the like movie you don't get to see. The part before we're all rolling around like the people in Wally staring at screens or chilling in pods in the Matrix. I love to live in the in-between space. <laughs> <laughs> it's also worth noting all of this stuff already exists or is being dreamed up and willed and engineered into existence as you and I speak. This is basically Facebook planting a flag, sorry, Meta placing <laughs> a flag on the moon and saying, this is mine, this is ours, we, we built this, we made this. But why is Facebook doing this? Why are they investing so much in the metaverse? Because they are asking the old people of the world, send us your children. I believe in children <laughs> No, seriously. Facebook needs young people. This is not a, a novel revelation, but Facebook has an old people problem. And when I say old people, I don't mean like your grandparents old. I mean like, frankly, I'm probably part of the problem at age 30. It has an audience of older people <laughs> who are very, very comfortable with the platforms as they currently exist. And that means there are limits on ads you can sell, things you can build, just your money-making and connecting opportunities are very limited. If the bulk of your audience is, you know, my aunt and uncle in Topeka, they don't exist, I don't actually know anyone in Topeka, who are really content to just like post pictures of their grandkids on Facebook and share recipes that include cream cheese by the pound, because that's what Facebook is for. I mean that and spreading misinformation. But... Yeah, they're going to age themselves to the point of obsolescence. The metaverse is clearly a ploy to avoid that problem, as is their partnership with one, you thought we wouldn't bring this back, to one Kabi. <laughs> it's true. And in addition to the old people problem we've described, Facebook, um, Rachel, I don't know if you know, but like, they're not a great company. What? <laughs> Perhaps, again, when future generations look back, we'll uh, have been one of the largest driving forces in the destruction of democracies, plural. I mean, speaking of destroying democracies, the thing about the metaverse, besides the fact that it really does feel like an attempt to send us all deep into the uncanny valley, is that it also feels like a distraction from the Facebook papers. Oh, 100%. So much of the metaverse, we should be clear, like a lot of the shit that Mark Zuckerberg demoed in this video is really cool. Sorry, I'm a geek. It comes out sometimes. But it doesn't exist yet. This is him and his team saying, look at these things we could maybe build in the future, probably will build in the future. But we're talking five to ten years in the future for some of the things that were described in this video. It's extremely like smoke and mirrors and hello. <laughs> look, <laughs> I'm a three-dimensional avatar. Facebook papers, who? We also have a shiny new name. Is that perhaps attempt to distance ourselves from our former name that is now in the news for... <clears throat> systemically ignoring uh, horrific human rights violations on its platform, specifically in uh, countries outside Western Europe and North America? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> There's a wired story that kind of succinctly describes what exactly is going on in the Facebook papers, which only a select few publications have access to. And the Wire story says, Facebook's policy of malign neglect of non-Western languages turned the site into an incubator for serious human rights abuses, from cartels in Mexico using Facebook to hire hitmen, to employment agencies in Dubai using it in the trafficking of domestic workers, an offense it ignored for so long that Apple actually threatened to pull Facebook off its app stores. Hmm. 
Hmm. And you're telling me that as a spokesperson for Meta, they tapped TikTok's most followed non-white, non-English speaking star. It's a complete coincidence. Absolutely. Wow. What luck. What luck. The thing is, the Facebook papers are still being poured over. So this is the tip of the iceberg, which is distressing to say. But the fact that Meta was announced just as the Facebook papers kind of hit global newsstands, it it's an exercise in brand management. And, like, it kind of worked. Let's be honest. We're here mostly talking about their partnership with the TikToker and didn't get to the human rights abuses to the last two minutes of the show. We're part of the problem. <laughs> we are, that's true. But also, this isn't just Facebook getting lucky with some good PR. This is a tech behemoth with all the money and the power in the world. This is a platform that can alter governments and, and socioeconomic movements. You know, the fact that this is working... <laughs> Also not surprising. I mean, literally Congress is deciding right now whether Facebook counts as a monopoly. So, yeah, they have the power to affect reality in ways that don't include the metaverse. If you're interested in learning more about the Facebook papers and what's going on with Facebook and Congress right now, uh, we're going to link to a few different pieces and podcast episodes from our colleagues in the show notes. We will provide a syllabus and you can get metaversed there. And while y'all are making your way through that syllabus, I'm going to go waste another two hours watching uh, copy TikToks. Possibly a better use of your time. All right, that's the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday. Please subscribe. It's free and the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about us. Tell your friends in the metaverse about us. Tell your friends in truly any universe about us. Uh, We are available on all streaming platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is where you can DM us your questions, your concerns, potential outfits for your avatar in the metaverse. We're also on email. Wow, I sound like my parents. Email us, icymi at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John, Forrest Wickman, and Allegra Frank, our editors. And Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcast. See you online. Or in the metaverse. Oh, yay! Um... Oh, my God, no. Oh, I just came up with another bad pun. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.